Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Lindsay Lowen, not Lohan. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for joining me. Uh, today's drink, uh, we had to pivot. We had a, a minor cocktail crisis emergency. I uh, tried to make a pomegranate margarita only to find, oh no, we had no agave nectar. Tried to substitute it by making my own simple syrup. It was a mess uh, and I had to pivot last second. So here we are with just a, I mean, I would say an even much better cocktail. We got a beautiful espresso martini. I don't know if you could see, but there are little beans floating in the top. I went all out for this. Not only are these beans on top, these are the beans that Nicole gave me as a Christmas present. So look at that. It all comes back around, Nicole. How are you? Good. These are the Billy Joe beans. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they're called, Billy Joe beans. So, um, you know, this, I feel like this cocktail, you know, it's just vodka, Kahlua, and uh, espresso. I feel like I could have... Um, Either put a little more vodka or maybe a little more Kahlua. It needs more something. It's, but I think it, it, it tastes a little watered down to me. However, the ingredients are there and they're strong and they will be uh, kicking. So, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm my harshest critic and I'm willing to know, I'm, I'm willing to admit this isn't my best espresso martini. But in the face of adversity and pulling this out, I think maybe my best espresso martini ever. I don't know. Nicole, what do you think under, given the circumstance? Yeah, because I feel like you probably went into making it with low confidence after the first fiasco of a drink. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a nightmare, but we've moved on, and here we are. So thank you very much, and let me just start the podcast with a nice big fat case of whoops, um, because last week I decided to call out Russia, and uh, if you remember, I said do something, and. Um, do something they did. And I didn't know that Putin was so tapped into my YouTube account that he was one of the viewers that were watching. And it was like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I didn't mean to instigate uh, an entire war that is now uh, have, have having global consequences. So to that, uh, again, whoops. And uh, to Ukraine, that's here's another new segment. I guess I'll start. Sorry about that, Ukraine. Uh, I, you know, anytime I say something that leads to mass casualties and an invasion of a country, I'm going to give them a sorry about that. So this is a sorry about that, Ukraine, under the whoops umbrella. So we're off to the races. We're going. We're flying. Let's, now that we've buried that and I'm not liable for any further uh, deaths and casualties, let's go back to Lindsay Lohan, uh, who decided to come out and say that we've been saying her name wrong this entire time. And what fucking dumb idiots we were, huh? To call her by the name that she never corrected us once on for the last 26 years. I am so sick of celebrities coming out years after they were popular and maybe are not in the news or not relevant in any way, shape, or form, and then needing a little juice, little, little Monday morning newspaper, how do I get into tabloids kind of a thing. You know what? I'll start a TikTok account. I'll tell everybody they've been saying my name wrong the whole time. Chrissy Teigen did it. She's like, it's actually Teigen. And guess what? Fuck you. No, it's not. It is. It's Teigen forever because you had chances. OK, and I don't like this thing of being like, well, everyone just started saying it and I didn't want to correct anybody. And, you know, the patriarchy, it's like just 
say what your name is. No one's going to be offended if you're like Lindsay Lohan. And she's and the first time she goes, oh, it's actually Lohan. And they go, oh, okay, sorry about that. Lindsay Lohan. That would be it. That's all, that's anyone in the world. No one will go, what the fuck did you just say? To Nobody would do this. It's, it's a craziness. I'm so... I'm sick of that, and uh, I am not going to call her that. I'm not going to call her Lindsay Lowen. Uh, no one will. We will all call her. No one's called. Have, uh, Nicole, have you started calling Chrissy Teigen Chrissy Teigen? No, not once. Will you call Lindsay Lohan Lindsay Lowen? I don't think so, and I also said Lohan, so this is kind of double jarring for me. Well, I mean, it's, it's spelled L-O-H-A-N-S, so, I mean, you're not wrong to break it up, Lindsay Lohan. What am I saying that you're not saying? You say Han, I say Han, but that could oh. be like the gross upstate accent. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, eh? You know, I don't know why you're Canadian. You're that upstate, <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just, it'd be like if I said to you guys, uh, I'm sorry to admit, but after doing comedy for like 15 years, my name is actually pronounced Fiini. Uh, that's the way you have to say. Third E is really, I, I felt bad, you know, the patriarchy. So I, if you could just going forward, you know, it's just a fun little like, you know, did you know trivia kind of a thing. My, my actual name is Fiini and I need it pronounced that way going forward. Thank you very much for respecting my privacy. It's, it's unbelievable. It's just, I. it seems so transparent, doesn't it, Nicole? Like uh, someone like looking for attention. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would come out and say it at this stage of your life. It doesn't make any sense. It's almost as if they weren't relevant anymore and needed some juice, you know? And speaking of celebrity lunatics, um, Britney Spears is publishing a tell-all book, which that's going to be... I mean, that's going to be something, you know? I bet it'll be a bestseller. I'm sure it'll go up to the top. But actually reading it, it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be it's going to be like chewing cold oatmeal. You know, it's just not going to be her whole book's going to be like, right. So this is my book. Uh, you know, it's just going to it's going to be written on, with somebody who's on way too much Adderall and has just no just stream of consciousness going in every single direction. Uh, it's going to be like reading a five year old's inner monologue. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like parks are fun, except when they're not parks, because then sometimes they're forced and forests are scary because Hit me, man. You know, and you're like, don't, I, I, I can't. I can't, Brittany. I want the best for you. I feel for you. I was on the side of you ending your conservatorship, and then I saw you posting, like, pictures of you completely naked, like, you know, showing your nipples and with your, like, crazy raccoon eyes. And I'm like, maybe, maybe the conservatorship wasn't, wasn't a bad thing. You know, like, I, I'm starting to think. But all of this to say, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably read the book, you know. Are you going to read it? I don't know. I mean, if it's anything like her Instagram captions, it's going to be Whoa. a nightmare. Yeah, they're always it's going to be it's going to be longer than War and Peace and it's going to have two chapters. That's going to be it's just going to be one run-on sentence for 46 pages. And then the next page is going to be like soft serve, fun, right? And then the next and then it'll be another like it's just going to be pandemonium and I can't wait. So Brittany, um, you know, welcome back, bitch, you know, whatever. So I saw a comedian last night. It was so funny. He was on stage and um, he was a gay comedian and he he kept using the word bitch. And right from the top, he was like talking to a woman. He's like, where are you from? And then she was like, hmm. And he's like, bitch, don't be fucking rude. To I'm just asking you a question. And then he cleared up right away. He goes, I just want to let you know, like, I'm gay. So like when I say bitch, I'm saying it like, like as a terms of endearment, I'm not like calling you a bitch or anything like that. Everyone's like, oh, okay, that's so sweet. And I'm like, 
damn, like, bitch is such a fun, like, thing, like a word to say is like, bitch, please. Like that kind of, like, it's just a very fun thing. And I was, I was almost envious at his use of it. I mean, he used it very liberally. Like, I mean, every other word was like, bitch, you gotta know, I'm not talking about bitch, you know? And it was just, it was, it was a lot of bitch, but at the same time, it was like, it was, it was a refreshing sight to see. I wish that bitch didn't have such negative connotations, you know, cause it's, it's, you know, it's a fun word, I feel like. Do you think so, Nicole? Or, or are you not able to see past your, uh, your matriarch lens? Is it matriarch instead of patriarch? Um, not sure about that, but mm. yeah, I mean, we use it all the time too. The gals are just like, hey, bitch, what's up? You look good, bitch. Like, yeah. It's just like a, you know, loving term. Yeah. Why can't I, but I can't use it, right? Um, I think that you should. I think that we should make You think I should? Thing. Yeah. All right. So if I'm like, if I'm like, Nicole, how's your weekend, bitch? Like you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't do like an eyebrow. You wouldn't like, you wouldn't do a, a dog who just heard a high pitched noise, like that kind of a thing. Well, when you do it with like that character you just did, I yeah. feel like it's, it's acceptable. Okay. So I just have to change my entire cadence for that. Yeah. I just have to. You have to. Okay. Otherwise. Yeah. It'd be weird if I was like, I like this coffee. What do you think of this coffee, bitch? Like it just, it seems yeah, a white, <laughs> a straight white male, the bitch, it comes off, it hits the ear wrong i i acknowledge it i realize you know but i'm gonna try and get more playful every time i throw it in i'll be like nicole what do you think bitch i'm gonna, I'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do yeah don't be a herb you bitch you know like it'll be a fun you know that's why i panic and go to bish sometimes and then i'm just then i'm appropriating black culture it's a whole thing there's no right answer i can't win you know so i move on um which i'm gonna do i'm blowing through this i got six things to talk about the entire show i've done four of them already so it'll be It'll be fun. Maybe it's the espresso. I have. I'm used. To, I'm not. I'm used to the vodka and the tequila and all that stuff. I'm not used to the uh, espresso martini kicking in. You know, so fast. All right. Um, there is another news story which is horrifying but fascinating to me, and I want to get into this, which is a former teacher that served cupcakes laced with semen to her students. Did you see this, Nicole? Um, Cannon brought it up at his special. My oh. main question is, what does laced mean in that context? Like cooked with. So it was inside and it was not like an icing thing, you think? Yeah, yeah. It was like in the ingredients of it. Now, gotcha. this is kind of crazy because she's, I looked at her mugshot, you know, and for a crazy teacher who's putting, you know, who's putting cum and cupcakes, not, not bad. You know, like pretty, you know, like if she was one of those teachers who was like molesting her students, you'd be like, all right. You know, like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be like, ew, you know, like it would just be, it'd be like, that's a shame. Uh, but she's obviously like mentally unhinged because um, she's 36 and she was charged with 72 counts of like child endangerment, porno, like a uh, pedophilia, like uh, all of the, all of the things that she was, um, she was going to do. Uh, but, she was sentenced to 41 years in jail. She's sent like now she, I don't, I think there's no parole for like at least 30 of it or something crazy like that, which it, I don't know. I mean, it's fucked up and I would go crazy if my kid came home from school and was like, I ate, you know, my, my teacher's boyfriends come like that would be crazy to me. But 41 years, I don't know. Is 41 years a long time? Like, does that seem a little long to you? Um, for making it your entire class of students ingest somebody's cum, probably not. I All think right. that's reasonable. All right, bitch. Listen, <laughs> I, uh, you know, when you say it like that, <laughs> um, but she is, she was weirdly hot in like a, my teacher's going to have sex with me kind of way. But I will say that I did some 
digging into her, and it turns out this this is where it gets really fucked up. Um, because the reason why I was like, well, how did she get forty one years? This seems way too high for like a first time of you know first time cum cupcake offender. And I looked into it. Her and her husband were arrested in twenty nineteen and charged with get this one hundred and fifty accounts, including child rape. So these these two, there's like some weird, there's like some sex tape or something out with her naked with other children and and the and the husband and and he by the way was a was a sheriff's deputy so like she's a teacher he's a sheriff's deputy they look like upstanding citizens meanwhile they're fucking total child molesters they're they're perverts they're psycho they're psycho people um and here's the worst part in 2019 when all that happened and she got charged with all those things she didn't even get fired when when this happened when the second uh, uh, accusation with the cupcakes happened she resigned she was res- like, she resigned instead of getting fired. Like, how bad does the school look for being like, hey, we saw what happened in 2019, but if you could do us a favor, don't let it happen again. And then it happens again. And then they're like, all right, well, we got to think on what to do. And she's like, you know what? I'll make it easy. I'm just going to back out of here. Like, that is crazy to me. And the reason that they caught it, because I think your natural reaction, like mine, would be, how did they know that there was cum in the cupcakes? Who would, who would have known that? And who would admit to that? Why wouldn't it just be your word versus mine? They found a video of the wife and husband filmed of him like coming into the bath. Like they filmed it. And you're like, moral of the story here, if you're gonna come and cupcakes and feed them to your kids, don't film it because they're gonna find it and then you're gonna go to jail for 41 years. And this guy, I think, is like apparently even, you know, she was trying to say that she was manipulated and coerced by the sheriff's deputy guy and stuff like that. It's a whole real weird kind of terrible, gross, sad story. Um, but it's insane to me that they were charged with 150 counts just in 2019. Meanwhile, uh, you know, in 2022, now they're charged with an additional 72 counts of like child endangerment and, you know, rape and all this other, it is pretty fucking nuts. And then once you learn all that, you're like, Oh, 41 years? Absolutely. You should serve the rest of your life, I guess, or at least not be allowed near children. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, and that's, like, kind of heartbreaking that he just came in the batter bowl. Like, that's probably my favorite part of making cupcakes is just, like, eating the batter because it's just so lovely in that state. So he just, like, but unloaded. It, but if it was your boyfriend... Right. And or I mean, this was her husband. So it's like, you know, there's love there. Like you'd probably still try it, you know? I don't think so. I think I would be like, dude, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think she's past the point of reason at that <laughs> point because she's filming him doing it and like maniacally laughing. And but also it's not even that they're like, here's a fun prank. You know what I mean? Like that if they were like, here's a little fun prank ski we're gonna do because we just saw Jackass Forever or whatever, I'd be like, Oh, okay. But she, they're like, they're getting off on this, which is so fucking creepy and uncomfortable and fucking weird. And uh, I don't know how much time this dude's going to get because he's in, I guess, he, I feel like maybe he's not even uh, going to be charged as badly because she physically gave it to the kids and he was more of like the come accomplice, I guess, or something like that. I don't know. It's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But I I do feel like that that school should really have some sort of a mea culpa of some kind like i i don't know like what's the school gonna do put out a statement and be like we strongly disagree with the uh ideas that are you know our former teacher and i also feel like 
it's going to be very weird if a teacher ever brings any sort of baked goods for their class ever again. Matter of fact, I can't remember one teacher who has ever brought any baked goods for me my entire life. Do you, Nicole? No, we had like pizza parties, but I don't remember them like baking anything and bringing it in without us seeing that happen. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so weird if you show up with a pizza party and they're just like, why is there <laughs> frosting all over this pizza? And they're like, it's sugar pizza, eat it, you know, or whatever. Chicken bacon ranch. Yeah, oh man, chicken bacon ranch, that's how you could, if you're gonna come on pizza, you gotta make it a chicken bacon ranch because that'll that'll blend in enough where they're like, oh, I guess this, is... or like maybe like a, a ranch hot honey recipe sort of a thing because then it has like the consistency. It's all gross. It's all super, super gross. So... That's that, everybody. Um, this is a much more lighthearted story uh, in, in terms of, of penises. Uh, there was a, a Finnish skier from Finland who got a frozen penis from the, in the Olympics. during the, They did this 50-kilometer cross-country race, which... 50 kilometers, everybody knows how much that is in miles. Nicole can look it up for herself and then say it into the microphone so that all of you guys know. I know it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but it, it was I think it was actually supposed to be like 70 or 90 kilometers, and they, they like shortened it because the weather was, get this, because they had 40-mile-an-hour winds, negative 26 degrees outside, and they were doing cross-country skiing. It took him an hour and 15 minutes, and his name is Remy... Lindholm, and he's a 24-year-old who has frozen his penis. Do you know, uh, want to say how many miles that is? Uh, 50 kilometers is like yeah. 31 miles. Yeah, so 31 miles in negative 26-degree weather, cross-country skiing. And you know he's wearing that, like, sperm suit thing that they wear where they try to, like, get wind res- like wind resistance way low and just draft behind people. And stuff. So here's the crazy part of this. The man froze suffers a frozen penis, and he was in excruciating pain specifically once it thawed out because I guess it was just like a fucking icicle for the first hour after he was. And then he said he was in like absolute, the worst day of his life pain. And you go, God damn, that's crazy. But you know, at the same time, if you're an athlete, you've been training your whole life. It's just about mentally powering through, which he did. And you're like, good for you. Like you, you know, you suffered a frozen penis at what cost? I'll tell you what cost you fucking won a gold medal in the Olympics. Like, Nicole, would you suffer like two frozen tits for a gold medal in the Olympics? I don't. I mean, I don't. How did he even get a frozen penis to begin with? If he's wearing like full spandex, because those those things, those like suits are so thin, you know. But nothing else was frozen, just his penis. Well, that's like you know. I'm sure he had thicker gloves on, but that's like that's one of the appendages that is probably not you know secure. I don't think he's wearing like a cup or anything. Like, there's nobody like hit. There's no. I don't. I think you're supposed to be like because it's a lot of uh, hip movement. So, but I mean, would you suffer that for? I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if you're like you can get a gold medal in the Olympics, but you'd have to have a frozen penis and have agony afterwards. I don't think I'd do that. I think I would. I tore my ACL for D three lacrosse, so <laughs> I, I think that I would probably do that for a gold medal. Okay. Well, I'm in, I'm glad that you said that because now I want to raise the stakes because. <laughs> Remy here did not finish in first. Oh. And he did not get a gold medal. He finished. Huh, the Finnish skier finished and get ready for this. 28th place. Uh-oh. Froze your dick for nothing. Sucks to be you, guy. 
I mean, can you imagine the misery of freezing your dick off, literally, and then being like, well, at least I, it was for something. No, there is no record for 28th place. You can't even tell that story at a party. Remember the time I was in the Olympics and it froze my dick off? Oh, wow, but it was worth it, right? No, not really. I got in 28th place out of how many? Who cares? It's 28th place. If there was 200 people, it would be embarrassing. It just was the worst experience of that dude's life. I feel so bad, and uh, I don't know, but definitely not. Now, Nicole, would you freeze uh, your tits off for 28th place in the Olympics? I guess not, mm. now that you put it that way. But I yeah. am confused why there's no other reports of frozen dicks across anyone else in this event. I don't know, and he also has said this isn't the first time this has happened, so I don't know... If he just has his little, if he's doing like a dick in the box situation where he's got like a skylight that just lets in wind or something, or I don't understand what his suit was made of or why it was only that. It makes a good point. And if his, if his shaft was frozen, I mean, my God, the testicles must have been somewhere in his, you know, in his larynx. I, I don't know how, I don't know how he could have got through all that, but God for, God forbid that wherever, Remy Lindholm, good for you, pal. I mean, the guy with the frozen dick. The 28th, I mean, you know what? I, I gotta give him this credit. Um, I gotta give him this because if, if you finish 28th place, no one's remembering you, no one's talking about you, you're, you might as well have not even been in the Olympics. I could go tomorrow and be like, I finished 28th place in high jump in the Olympics and people would be like, plausible. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't be, they'd be like, probably not, but also 28th place is like, so bad that maybe, you know, like that could be a thing. And this guy is like, I need to get people talking about me. And so I'm just going to say I got a frozen dick. And now at least people are talking about the 28th place guy. And then he's going to come out in like three years from now and be like, actually, my last name isn't Lindholm. It's like Lindholm. Uh, so you've been pronouncing it the wrong way the whole time. You see, I'm bringing it back to Lindsay Lohan. So um, it's just uh, it's just a fuck show. The Olympics. I Have you watched any of it? Just like the highlights of snowboarding and uh, ski, uh, skating and stuff. Yeah, I watched the Sean White thing. That was a bummer. It was a bummer. Yeah, really... that was really sad. Yeah, it was sad. It was sad because he was retiring. It was sad because he was terrible. It was sad because he beefed it. I mean, he just like, you were like, all you wanted was that story of him going out on top or at least like meddling, you know, and he just didn't even come close. So that was a bummer. And then he just weeped on national television where you're like, fuck, man, this would be a lot cooler if you were if you did if you placed you know but um you know whatever i i can't do it so what am i what am i who am i to cast stones you know um it is what it is i will cast this stone and tell you guys that i am the greatest maybe like i it might be i might be the greatest con man in history i'm thinking that i might have to be running for that title nicole did you hear did we tell you what i did after canon's special at the bar no. So this is like one of my all-time easy but great tricks uh, that I played. It, I convinced, the greatest trick I ever played was convincing you guys that I wasn't real, you know, um, like the devil. But no, I, so I go, we go to this bar after, um, after the, the, the special taping, and I, I meet up with other Nicole, Mike's wife, and someone was buying her a drink. And she was like, I don't want this fucking drink here. You can have it. And I was like, oh, sweet, free drink. And I get it. And it's a tequila and soda, which, as everybody knows, 
sucks. I mean, that drink sucks. If you drink tequila and soda, uh, grow up, I guess. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing drinking tequila? Drink vodka soda because it has no taste or drink tequila on the rocks or drink tequila with anything but just soda because it's weird and dumb and you're wrong. And so she gives me this tequila soda. It's gross. I don't want it. I can't even sip it. It's so gross. And it's also like well tequila. So it's like particularly like astringent and like, you know, so I go, I don't want this, but I do want a drink and I don't want to just like put this down. And the bar is like kind of busy. There's, there's a, a few bartenders ba- bartending. So I come up with this move almost instantaneously. I walked to the other side of the bar and I went to the bartender and I said, Hey, my friend, uh, went to order. Uh, my friend was supposed to order me a Tito's and soda with lime. Um, but I think they heard tequila, soda, and lime. So I, I, I can I switch that out? And the person was like, absolutely, no problem. And then boom, bing, bam, bam, boom. I went from having a gross drink I didn't want for free to getting a high-end vodka that I did want, the drink of choice, also for free. And then I went over there, I sipped it, I told Cannon and Sagalo what I had just done, and they both were... They, it was met with shock and awe, and I was called a psycho, but only after they, like, you know, relented of the fact of how impressively smart that was of a move. Nicole, what do you think of my my tequila switcheroo? That's really so good. I'm wondering if you had said, like, a totally different drink, if they still would have let you do that. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I was lucky at what I wanted was a Tito's and soda, but I could have been like, you know, I think I could have gotten away. Let's see, what, what sounds like... Tequila soda, Tito soda. I could have been like, I wanted a tequila or a Tito's martini. I don't know. Martini would have been pushing it because they would have been like, what? That sounds nothing like it. But um, yeah, I think it had to be within that realm, but it didn't raise any suspicion. And then I almost did this, but I decided not to. Somebody who also got a tequila soda, I guess that guy had bought like three tequila sodas and he gave two away and had one. The other person who didn't want the other tequila soda left it full at the at one of the tables and i was very tempted once i finished my vodka soda to pull that trick again with the third bartender and see if i could do that but i was like you know what who am i i'm not gonna start causing a ruckus here let's not tempt it you know you gotta go to i would have to go to a different bar and pull that stunt every single time so that's the move so if you guys here i am just to impart wisdom onto you guys and to really uh you know to let you know my tricks of the trade so if you're a bartender in New York City and you see me asking you for a wrong drink, know what I'm doing and just give me the other drink and then everything's fine. I tip them. Life was good, you know? So would you tip the person again if they made your drink the wrong? If like if you did that thing to me, would you tip? Um, Probably not, but I know that's kind of like a scummy answer. No, it's not a scummy answer because I didn't, I, I did debate it, but I figured having the tip, like putting down an additional dollar or two, you go, well... They, I'm, I'm coming out ahead because I'm not paying for a drink. It would be like eleven dollars in a bar in the city, anyway. And also, it it quells any suspicion. You know, like when someone tips you, you're like, okay, this guy's not a scumbag. Like it, it lowers your profile, and that's what it's all about. It's about, it's not about making scenes. It's about blending into the crowd, like a like Assassin's Creed, or like you know what I mean. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm one of you guys, and then all of a sudden I'm like, and then I go away. You know, that's my. That's my move that I do. I go like that. Like This is a Spider-Man motion, so I don't know what that is or what that means. The drink's almost done. We're not even halfway through. Gonna be a problem. Um, 
running out of stuff. It's all, it's all bad, you know, but you know, it is what it is. Maybe I can just start other wars. Maybe I'll be like, Hey, you know, Sri Lanka, what are you doing? You know, what are you just going to let Hawaii sit there and do nothing? You puss like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to go to Thailand. (laughs) I'd like to go to Thailand, but I need to be convinced because Thailand to me, everyone's like, it's so cheap. It's beautiful. There's great beaches. Uh, The food is cheap. The people are nice. The drinks, you know, they're not like incredibly inventive, but they're strong and they'll get the job done and you'll be in paradise and you'll kind of like forget. And I go, all of that sounds great, but what you just described is Mexico. You know, like it, it, what it is, is Mex- like it, some of the be- beaches in Mexico and you look at a beach in in Thailand and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a di-. like it's the same thing, except one is a 16 hour flight and one's a four hour flight. So people in the chat, tell me why I should go to uh, Thailand over Mexico, because I don't see a reason, you know, plus I understand some Spanish, uh, you know, I don't speak. I don't speak Thai. Mike don't talk Thai. Um, so it is what it is, you know? Okay. Other spontaneous topic idea, which I don't know if it's the story you just told, but on the way back from Stand Up New York yesterday, Mike said you guys forgot to talk about the story about a kid at the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was bad because my, we went outside to smoke and um, some dude like literally got out of a cab and like took a cigarette out of his sleeve and had like four buttons unbuttoned and was like just sheets blowing into the wind and was so drunk. And he's doing that thing where he's just like, I'm going to talk loudly at the circle of people. And then once they give me an opening, I'm going to go in there. So he's like, smells good over there and all that other stuff. And then he tries to like walk into our circle and Brendan and I are kind of boxing him out. And I'm just, I just do a fun thing in New York City. I'll just ignore you exist. You know, like if I just, I found most times with loud people, what they want is engagement. And if you just don't acknowledge their existence after like two or three attempts, they will move on to something else. And the second you go, hey, bud, what are you saying? Immediately, that's all they want. So I ignore this dude. It feels like he's just about to leave. And then he goes, Mikey Cannon. Mike Cannon, huh? Big swinging dick now. Look at you. Ah, alumni tapping. Like, so now I'm like, oh, fuck. This guy like went to high school with Mike, you know? So I'm like, Jesus, because Mike wasn't really acknowledging him either. And he's like, what's up, buddy? How you doing tonight? You feeling good? And then the guy's like, yeah, dude, I just fucking came from, I came into the city to see your shitty act. You know, like he's doing that thing where he's like, I'm a ball buster and that's what makes me fun and, you know, single. And um, and the guy was just like talking shit and we were just looking at him and just kind of, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Mike, you remember when I was at your house? And Mike is like, I don't even know what you're talking, like, I don't even, I don't even know your full name. You know, like, who, who are you? And he goes, nah, man, there was a time that I was in your place in Brooklyn and you came home and you go, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, Mikey Cannon. (laughs) That's how the exchange went. And Mike goes, I don't think that happened. You know, (laughs) he said that. But at the same time, I was like, 
how do you know you lived in Brooklyn? Like, I feel like it did happen, you know? Like, I'm starting to think, I don't know. I don't know who it was, but that guy, we eventually had to do a thing where we did like a, ooh, getting kind of cold. We're going to go back inside now and leave you here. And then he was just out, you know, in the in the middle of traffic, smoking a cigarette, yelling at cabs. So uh, we left from that. But, oh, the part that Mike wanted to tell in the story on the podcast was that, I guess he did know the family because Mike's sister came up to Mike afterward, after I had left and goes, hey, you know, drunk jingle fuck, whatever that guy's name is, is he's going back to Rockland County too. And uh, he wants to know like if he could get a ride back home with us. And And he was standing right there and Mike went, absolutely not. And then left the kid there in New York City, even though they were driving back to Rockland. So... Is Mike a bad guy? Possibly, but at the same time, I don't want a drunk guy in the backseat of my car, like, sweating and reminiscing about times I don't remember. I would never bring him home. Would you, Nicole? No, and that also could be complete bullshit if he didn't actually remember him. Like, anybody could say, I know you lived in Brooklyn, because he mentions on, like, every single podcast that he lived in Crown Heights. Yeah, like, everybody he really could, like, did put make that an identity together. for a while, didn't he? He really was like, I live where Biggie lived, you know? Um, but that is fun. Uh, what's also fun, leaving a five-star review, you guys. You should be doing it. Why aren't you doing it? I, 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 I'm I, going to check right now. I don't think there's been one since last week. And you know what that is? Upsetting. Okay? Disrespectful. Uh, hurtful, dare I say. Um, and that's, and that's something we can change. Uh, all you have to do, go to the podcast app, leave a review. Let me see. Oh, no, there's been two more. Okay, so listen, there's been two more since last week, so thank you very much. But also, much more, much, much, much more. Let's, let's do that. Leave a five-star review um, on the Apple app. Go to uh, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Comedy. This premieres every Tuesday, the video form, every Tuesday at 12 p.m. You can watch it at your leisure, whatever you wish. But I think if you're listening to this, great. I mean, I... My, I mean, everyone has always said my voice is perfect and lovely. And so it's not annoying or shrill or specific or related to a very specific famous comedian. It is exactly unique and everybody loves it. But I would suggest watching it because look at us. We're shooting in beautiful 4K. We have uh, Nicole on the ones and twos. She bakes killer graphics. And I do think that the graphics really help my comedy because nothing like a joke not landing, but then you see a nice illustrated point and it kills it. So I, I watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Comedy. Watch my comedy special, Rage Against the Routine. And uh, yeah, subscribe while you're there, I guess. I put up so much content on YouTube. It's the it's the thing that uh, has the least amount of like followers or something that, of all of my like social medias, right? But there is more content on my YouTube channel than any of my other social platforms. Like I have... Years and I mean, over a decade of content going back, some of it probably very bad at this point. But I mean, you can see the progression of me getting funnier. You can watch me figuring comedy out at, from 2008 until now. And that's pretty cool. And so I feel like that's something you should do. Uh, check it out. Tell some friends about the podcast, please. I like that people have been like, this is fun. It reminds me of like, it's like a solo version of Irish Goodbye, your storytelling. This is all exactly what I want just to fuck around with you guys, tell some stories, rant about some stuff. So I appreciate you doing that. If you want to hear even more Snarky, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod. I do a bonus episode of Snarky for just the Patreon people every single week. Uh, patreon.com again slash scenario pod. You can uh, listen to Here's a Scenario, 
And then also on the Patreon, we put up a bonus episode every single week. We put up all our stuff on YouTube early. It is, it's it's the craziest amount of content for $5 a month you'll ever get in your life. So join that if you can. And uh, if not, you know, like I said, there's other ways to help that isn't, you know, paying any money. It's just subscribing on YouTube, liking the video, commenting, sharing with a friend. All of that, we call it digital currency. It helps Instagram, at I am Mike Feeney across the board, TikTok, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And Twitch, twitch.tv slash nyfreshmaker. Here's a way you can give me some money and support me without you having to spend any money. Because if you have Amazon Prime, you can sign up with Twitch Prime. It don't cost you a dime. We play all the time, okay? So you just sign up with that. I get a kickback. You get to watch for free. I'm playing with Tim Butterly, Louis J. Gomez, uh, Shuli Edgar, Kim Congdon. We just played with Jamie from fucking uh, Joe Rogan Experience. I mean, we, we, we're playing with so many comedians. Brendan Sagalow is always playing with us. We're having a good time on there. Um, it's just fun. It's shooting the shit. We're just having a great time. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. I have dates coming up. And while I figure that out, where can people find you, Nicole? My Instagram is Nicole C. Lyons. Incredible. March 9th, I will be at Side Splitters in Tampa, the 10th through the 13th, uh, 10th through the 14th. I'll be on the Calta Cruise, leaving out of Tampa. If you're on that, hell yeah, come say hey. Uh, we're stuck on a ship together for four days. I'm sure we'll run into you at the buffet. March 26th, I will be at the Emmaus Theater. That'll be a Here's a Scenario show with Mike Cannon, Brendan Sagalow. We're all going to be doing stand-up, and then we're going to be doing some podcasting on top of that, which is great. April, I'll be in L.A., so I'll be there. Uh, I got shows already the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited. And uh, also the 18th is going to be a killer show. I can't wait to announce. I'm waiting a little bit on that for that. So MikeFeeneyComedy.com for dates and all that other stuff. So, um... That's really that. Any Anything else, Nicole, you'd like um, to plug? I don't think so. Okay. That's it. And back we go into the wild blue yonder. So I saw this. And this is, Nicole, if you're walking around the city, what's the most troubling thing that you could see that would give you great pause and great concern? Um, I once saw someone laying down face first in a pool of blood very concerning yeah absolutely that is a disconcerting sort of a situation going on there that's terrible um did you help or call for help or even like point at or like look around at others like this isn't normal right like anything like that or did you uh continue walking with headphones on there were like police there, but they were all just kind of like chilling, like hanging out with this person laying there. And there were like police dogs laying on the grounds next to the person. Wow. Okay. So not great. Um, can I tell you something that I think is far more troubling <laughs> yes. that I see every uh, once a week, maybe in New York City? This is so much more troubling than someone laying down face down in a pool of blood. It is someone running in jeans. I don't know why it is the most troubling thing in the world because you know, whatever it is that the reason that they're going through, like whatever they're going through is pure panic, you know, because they didn't plan to be running. Otherwise wouldn't be wearing jeans. You know what I'm saying? So like whenever I see someone 
full out sprinting in jeans, it makes me stop and be like, is someone coming for us? Like, is there an attack? Like, I, I is this person running from a robbery? I don't understand. Even if you were going to a, even if you robbed a bank, you'd be like, oh, I'm not wearing jeans, obviously, in case I have to run. Like, you wouldn't do that. So the fact that someone's running, sprinting in jeans is like, something has gone terribly wrong and I got to get out of here now. And that um, is one of the most disconcerting things I'll ever see in New York City. And I see it all the time. And each time I want to like run with them and be like, maybe you know something I don't. Like, is a wall of water coming towards us? Like, is there an alien spaceship? It, you know, is is Ukraine coming? I don't know what's going on. Like, where's Russia? Who who knows? These are the questions that I have when I see someone running in jeans. And um, it's very off-putting. Do you find that, Nicole? It is really concerning. That's probably my biggest gripe with Chris is that he just like puts on jeans immediately and only ever wears jeans. Like even when we're just hanging out. He wears jeans like on the couch? Yes. Oh. Right. It, it is really, it's worrisome. And I do mention it every single time, even though it happens every day. But it's like, just like hang out, man. Like get comfy. But he just wears skinny jeans. He's Skinny jeans too. So yeah. not even like baggy, like comfortable. Like you can make a case for their like denim sweatpants. These are like, they're, he likes the constriction. Like, they're like boa constrictors for your legs. That's what he wants. I don't know. I he just is like a little a little punky dude at heart. So I think he just like needs to be wearing skinny jeans. Sure. At all times. I mean, I get it and I don't get it. Because I, if I come home from a show and Erica's on the couch and I sit down in jeans for more than four minutes, Erica's like, What are you doing? <laughs> go go get the jeans off. What are you who what are you are you going back out? Why are you wearing jeans? We're home. That's like a person who, this is another weird thing that people do is they'll like get up in their house and they'll put on their sneakers. They'll like put on socks and sneakers and then walk around their house. And you're like, you put on sneakers right before you leave. If you have your sneakers on and you're walking around your own place for more than five minutes before you leave, you're a fucking weirdo. You know what you are? You're a stinker. How about that? You're a weird little stinkerooski because you can't. That's a straight. If you're a guy who wears jeans and sneakers, does he wear sneakers too? No, he doesn't. Okay, at least that's like you got you. You can work on him. You know, you can slowly break him down, Nicole. I think. I think by the time this podcast concludes, it's it's you know it's voyage or whatever this this podcast is. You'll have him in a nice, comfy pair of sweatpants. You know. You know what you do? You buy him a pair for Christmas or his birthday. I have. I've bought him like numerous pairs of like nice Nike joggers and like comfy stuff. And uh -huh. it's just the jeans, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Now, there is something about a pair of jeans that you wear all the time that has that kind of soft feel to them because you don't, you know. How often are you washing jeans? If you wash your jeans every week, you're a lunatic. Like A jean wash, I think, is like, once a month at most. He's not washing his jeans every week, is he? Probably never. Yeah, I mean, not washing jeans, there is that soft feel to it, but skinny jeans sitting on the couch while there is so funny. Like that to me, I picture to me, I picture you in like sweatpants and like a fucking robe. And then he's sitting there with Converse All-Stars tied to the top lace, skinny jeans and a leather jacket in case he's got to run out and fucking, you know, serenade an audience. 
Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. Um, and that's his like go-to response is that they're stretchy jeans. And mm. he loves them so much I recommended them to Canon, who then bought five pairs in Boston. So Is that the ones he wears yes. all the time? Yeah. They're like Levi's, like slim taper or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, tapered is different than skinny jeans. Tapered just means it's tight around your calf. Well, they look very skinny. Skinny jeans when they're you can tell because they're tight on your thighs, and that's super weird to me. Um, yeah. It is so funny because Mike is, I've never seen Mike in my life wearing anything but black pants or black jeans. And I don't know what you guys did to him in Boston, but now (laughs) he's wearing blue Levi's. I've also never seen Brendan in blue jeans in his life. And now Mike bought a pair and now Brendan wears blue jeans. It's like the funniest thing. Um, But um, I want to, I want to do some, some hopeful thing. And then I have questions from you guys. You guys leave uh, some questions for me, which are awesome. I'm going to get to these. But I do want to leave, this is, this is, I think this is a hopeful story, Nicole. They did this study and they found out, they measured the brain activity of an 87-year-old while he was having a heart attack and died. I don't know how they like got the helmet on him in time or whatever, but he was, the man was dying. And they measured his brain activity and they did this, all this research and the evidence suggests that our lives really do flash before our eyes before we die. Like, um, they, something about the the glands and the way they did it, it's like, oh, that's all like memory recall. They were able to find this out. So like, so really when you are about to die, your life does flash before your eyes. And I know it's a little hacky. It's a little derivative where you're like, oh, of course we all like have heard of that and sort of stuff. But it's kind of exciting, you know, because it makes death to me less scary because you go, all right, like, you know, I know, because I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of the moment of death, you know, of the like, (gasps) that kind of a thing. But it's nice to know that at the end of it, I'll be like, what a good ride. Wish I hadn't spent so many hours doing the solo podcast. You know, like you'll have like things, but there won't be much time for regret. You'll just be like, oh yeah, that was a wasted year. Like, it'll just things will just flash by and some will be fun and others won't be. But I think it'll be mostly good memories. Although I will say this, Every time now that I'm chilling anywhere and I start thinking, like, memories come up, like, you know what I mean, from my life, I'm going to be like, this is it! Like, I'm going to start thinking that this I'm dying every time that I start remembering, like, things from my childhood. So maybe that's what it's going to be like. Does that give you, does that bring you any comfort, Nicole? I don't know, because I don't really ever have any, like, good memories unprompted. Like, oh, usually, that's tragic. It's usually inspired by some kind of conversation versus, like, random memories that pop in my head for no reason are always just, like, something really embarrassing I did when I was, like, 14 or something. See, I, I f- get a—my big association is with music. Anytime I listen to music, like, I am—I have this weird, like, thing about it where I can almost trace back— I almost know the origin story to every song I've ever heard. Like if you're like, play this, you know, song by Atreyu or Taking Back Sunday. Like I have like a story or a memory tied to all of it. Like I remember um, there was a woman in my, there was a woman in my high school. uh, Her name was Quinn. And she gave me, this is back when like you would download music on like, you know, Kaza or Bearshare, LimeWire, one of those types of things. And you would download, you would pirate music. And I remember she gave me a little scrap paper that had a song from Thursday on it. It was like Understanding in a Car Crash, had a song from the early November on it, 
and had a song from like Damien Rice's like Volcano or something like that, which all different bands, different genres. And I remember downloading them and listening to those songs. And I was like, all three of these songs like are awesome for totally different reasons. Like they're a little like emo, but they're like pretty good. Like they're good, beautiful songs, you know? And I remember telling her the next day, I was like, oh, I listened to those songs. They were really good. And she was so like taken aback. She was like, oh my God, like you listened to that? Cause she was kind of, you know, she was one of those people who was a little like, um, like punky and like outcasty and was kind of like not in like a popular group. So she was, I feel like it was, it was the first time someone listened to her maybe in her life. And it was, it, she was, if it, and I was like, so now every time I hear those three songs, I think of her every time I listen to like Glassjaw or like uh, Atreyu or some of these other bands or Thrice, I'll think of like my friend from high school who who died, but he was the one that introduced me to these bands. Like I have a memory with all of them. Do you do you have that? Does everybody have that? Am I crazy? Yeah, for sure. But mine, some of mine are like kind of embarrassing. Like oh sure, uh, there's certain songs that are like so deep and powerful about like being cheated on and like bro- yeah. broken relationships. And I like listened to them when I was like 11 when yeah. like my crush didn't like me back, and yep. I was like, this just doesn't add up. A hundred percent. I listen to a lot of heartbreak songs, a lot of like, I'll show you, I'll show you, bitch. You know, like I'll show like a lot of that kind of stuff, but it was not, yeah, a lot of it didn't, I had no heartbreak to complain of. I just was angry and I felt like that. I was like, yeah, angry at others, you know, so that kind of a thing. So let's get to some fan questions. We have a, we have a few here. Um, Kelly. Oh no, I got to hurry up now. Now I I went from having not enough to now I, I stalled too long. Oh no. Um, Kelly, people who pay for with checks for things. This is in 1982, people. Um, Kelly, I agree. I've also, I haven't seen anybody pay with a check in 15 years. When's the last time you saw someone pay with a check, Nicole? Well, most of my paychecks are checks, which is unfortunate because they take a while to come. That's different, though. Not getting paid with a paycheck is different. I'm talking about paying for something with a check. I don't know. Like at the grocery store and they start filling out the description. Like, I don't even think people take that anymore, do they? I have no idea. Yeah, I also hate this. I'll go one step further. I hate credit card only places. Do you notice that now? It used to be like in Brooklyn, it was all cash only places because everyone was just lying about their taxes. But now a lot of them are credit card only places, especially post-pandemic. People are like, money's dirty, you know? So everything is like a swipe. But- when I take out, like there's a coffee shop near me I love that is credit card only. And it sucks because you're like, no, I have $4 for a nice coffee. And they go, well, you know, we're not taking your money. So we can charge you, you know, $4.83 for it instead. Where some places that take both, everybody assumes you're playing credit card first now. They like hand you the iPad to like put your card in or whatever. And then if you take out cash, they'll always be like, oh, my God. You're paying for cash? Okay, well, then it's less money because they don't charge you the tax because they're not going to report it. So I, I, hate, I hate credit card only places more than I hate people with Uber with checks because I haven't seen that happen in a long time. Um, Matt Welly on Instagram says, overly social neighbors who want to make small talk every time I step out the door. Um, yeah, that makes me want to move to rural Montana, as we talked about on Here's a Scenario. I want to... I. I can't stand that. What I love is a good New York City neighbor. You know, a quiet neighbor. You go in the hallway. Hi, how are you? How are things? Dog's good. Life's good. 
Bye. That's it. I don't need to know you. I don't need to get into a relationship with you. We don't need to exchange presents or anything at any sort of time of day. I don't. We don't even need to be friends on Facebook. We could just be, you're the guy who I know just your first name. You live in my, most of you I don't know your first name. At most, I know your first name. I don't need to know your kid's name, your pet's name. I just know you live here. I live here. Let's not be piece of shit neighbors to one another. I used to have a neighbor that lived near me. I'm very lucky where my apartment is, is that I'm in like a corner unit and I'm on the top floor. So I don't have to worry about loud neighbors above me. I don't, I don't share, a, I only share one wall with a neighbor and it's this one right here, you know? And I think this room is like their second bedroom or something like that. So I don't think that, I've never heard them through this wall and they've never pounded on the wall by all the, hours and hours that I'm screaming nonsense in here. So I have a good neighbor here, but the people who used to live here for like 15 years lived here. They were just an old couple, like not old, but they were like their 50s or 60s and they were just a delight. They were so quiet, so nice, so friendly. And you're like, that's what you like. You want to have some relationship with them because you don't want to have, you know, you don't want to have no friends in the building because it's scary. Like there, there has been times where I've like left my keys in the key, like in the keyhole. Like I'll open the door with like stuff in my hands. I'll close my door and my keys are just sitting there for anybody to take and come back at a later point and rob me or anything like that. And my neighbors are always very nice. And they'll like knock on the door and be like, hey, you dumb fuck. Like you, you take these and stuff like that. Have you done that before, Nicole? Left the keys in the hole? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's an embarrassing sight because- when someone starts knocking, your first instinct in New York City is to be like, I'm not answering. Like, I'm not answering the door. Erica will like turn the TV off and turn the lights off and not breathe until they leave. And it's like, well, they know you're here because the keys are in the hole. Like, you can't get away with that, you know? And they're just trying to be nice and like, you left your keys. And you have to be like, oh, sorry, I was in the bathroom. You know, you have to just start lie. So that's, um, that's something I would do. But yeah, overly social. I'm thankful there are some people in my building that love being social with one another. I think they felt us out and were like, they're not one of those. But I do think also at the same time, Eric and I are kind of like the mayors of this building because we've been in this building now for like 12 years. So like we're pretty, we're one of the OGs. Like we, we vet out new people pretty quickly. I try to say hi to everybody in the building. There's a couple people in my building that are, I mean, comedically terrified of cheat it is so funny just like i don't know they got their frozen dick bit off by a dog when they were a kid or something like that and they see jeet and they literally like throw their body back and like hot and like cower in fear meanwhile he's wagging his tail and shitting like he's he's having like the greatest day of his life it's so fun like anyone who sees jeet and is gets scared it's like there is a trauma so deep so unhealable that this smiling dog with big floppy ears who's a, a whole nine inches off the ground is terrifying you. I can't help you, you know? I can't help you. Um, all right, I think we got time for one more. Um, but then anyone, anyone who I didn't get to, I'll get to you uh, next week. But uh, Leslie sent this in. When you hear a baby crying in public and someone always has to say, well, someone's not happy. Ah, ah, ah. You know, I don't know. I don't know why they laughed like a fucking vampire, but it is the worst. Uh, and also, you could have just stopped at, in terms of like things that annoy you, you could have just stopped at 
When you hear a baby crying, that would have also been a rant topic that's worthy of discussion. When you hear a baby crying in public, um, because what I hate, because yeah, obviously when someone says that, well, someone's unhappy, those hack jokes suck. Everybody hates those. But babies crying in public, it's like, listen, I understand as a parent, you don't, you would not prefer your baby to be screaming at the top of their, shrieking in public. I know that. I know you know that. I know you know that I don't want that. What I want is for you to relay that to me in some form or another, be it trying to make the baby, because some parents just get in the like, I'm dead to the world. I don't even hear this anymore. I'm just going to let the baby scream and kick its way out. What I need is a verbal, like, sorry about this tantrum, but terrible twos. You know what it's like. And I go, I won't. Or something like that. Or just like a, a look. I'll even accept a, a exhausted look from you as like a, you know, I, I tried. Like something like that is like, okay, I understand. But when they just are like, scrolling on their phone playing Candy Crush while a baby is wailing and they're not at all in like a fine dining Italian restaurant. It's like, you gotta address it because I'm gonna throw a meatball at your baby. You know, like something needs to happen. Get your baby under control, bish. You know, so that kind of a thing. Nicole, what do you think about this situation? Well, yeah, you just hit like exactly my problem with it is why is the baby in a restaurant? Like, is there a huge need for you to go out to dinner with your newborn baby? It's crazy. Now, I do think there is a thing about, I do think new couple, like not new couples, new parents need to make time to go out because I think if you stay at home for like the first year your kid is born every single day you're going to lose your mind you're just going to go stir crazy you're going to be just watching baby shows the whole time you're you're going to like mentally break but just get a babysitter you know get a babysitter get a friend get a mother or a father get somebody you know somebody you trust if you have nobody on the planet that you know or trust don't have a kid, you know, because crazy town, that's nuts. And so, but don't bring your kid to a restaurant. I think, or if you do bring your kid to a restaurant, bring your kid to a restaurant from 4 to 6.30 p.m. I think that's your window. You kind of get the old person, early bird window for being a new parent with your kid. I understand you gotta get out there, but your kid is not going to eat anything. You're just going to put an iPad in front of them. Let the kid do its thing and live your life, but do it early. So if the kid does scream, here's what I want. If the kid is screaming, make an attempt. If the kid's not going to stop screaming, do us all a favor and go, we're taking the food to go, or I'll take him outside for a little while, and then I'll come back and put the kid down, and then you can take him out for a while, and I'll eat my cold meatloaf, whatever it is. I understand it's not ideal, but you know what else is not ideal? Not having a kid and having to listen to a screaming child who looks like he's being hurt violently while I'm trying to enjoy my chicken parmesan, and while Nicole is eating her breadsticks and her salad from Olive Garden on her birthday alone. You know, just let her have this. This is her moment, you know, so just let her have it. And that's the show, everybody. That's the show. Thank you very much for submitting questions. I put up an Instagram thing every week. If, if you want to send a longer thing, you can send it to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. Um, but if not, I got, I got a couple questions here I didn't get to. I'll get to next week. And you're all the best. We finished a drink, I think, before even the half hour mark. So... 
I'm feeling great. I'm about to do a bonus episode for the Patreon. So if you want to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod. Otherwise, see you next week. Cheers, everybody.